Hope you're all uh, enjoying your day and cracking into it. We might not be able to uh, do everything that we dreamed about this Father's Day. I might not be able to get out and do everything we hope to do, uh, but we can have a good crack at Father's Day with what we have around us. I've built my own little Father's Day cave here in at, uh, a freeway and, um, and just thinking about all the things that I'll be able to do today, but also all the things that I'm looking forward to that I might be able to do uh, down the track, um, depending on how Daniel Andrews rolls today. We'll wait and see how we go. But notice one thing, not a dressing gown in sight. So that's a great, uh, great thing to do. Hey, um, I hope that this morning, though, you've, you dads, you fatherly figures uh, on this Father's Day uh, are feeling the love this morning. Being a dad is, is not an easy task, and in order to, uh, to keep doing it well, in order to be able to keep coming back into it, uh, one thing that you really need uh, as, as a dad is to be feeling the love. Uh, I've been a dad now for over 20 years, so I'm still a bit of a rookie at it, but as I travel into fatherhood and as I, as I travel down the road of being a dad uh, into this job, one thing that I've noticed the further I go along the line is it's more my mistakes that tend to dog me than, than my achievements or my successes uh, empower me. You know, I, I, I'm more prone to think about when I didn't get coverage on something or I'm more prone to wish I could run a certain play again uh, to think about um, how, how I should have spent uh, more time uh, building building stuff and, and that I'd spent less time sort of not building stuff that, that doesn't grow, that doesn't nurture people. You know, when I envisaged being a dad, you know, back in the day, um, uh, and in particular my convictions and my desires around them, what I've found is that as I've gone into it, they haven't always been lived out. They haven't, I haven't always lived up to them. I haven't always met them. And this can be quite a hard pill to swallow. So the knowledge and the experience of unconditional love becomes foundational in how I continue to see myself and in how I continue to press on in greater measure at being a dad and rolling out in that role. You know, I think as fathers in general... Uh, in our own imaginations, as, as we think about being a father or even a husband, uh, and we want we want to roll like uh, we want to roll like Liam Neeson sometimes in that movie Taken. We want to be the kind of dad that that just will not stop at at anything. Uh, we'll make sure that our kids are safe, and that, that if any threat to their safety comes, we we will neutralise it. In fact, we know that we have a very particular set of skills. Skills that we have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make us dads a nightmare for threats that are out there. And if that threat goes away, that'll be the end of it. We will not look for it. We will not pursue it. But if it doesn't, we will look for you. We will find you. And we will end you. We envisage being the relentless protector against harm, uh, to hunt down and remove the things that would damage or bring harm to our kids, and, and we want to be able to create environments that strengthen them. Or sometimes I think we like to envisage ourselves uh, more like Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies 
of the North, General of the Felix Legions, loyal servant to the true Emperor Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and we will have our vengeance in this life or the next. We want the world to know that we are for justice and that if any injustice should come into the world of our families to our children, we will write it. We will address it. Uh, we will see, we see ourselves as dads that are going to bring justice uh, into the lives of our families and children. And then sometimes I think we see ourselves as my all-time favorite Harry Stamper. If you don't know who Harry Stamper is, shame on you. Go and educate yourself. A.K.A. Bruce Willis. Rough neck, uh, hole driller, minor dude. Uh, humorously, perhaps um, mildly overprotective, you might say, although I don't have an issue with dads who own shotguns. Uh, that's fine. Me, I, I wasn't allowed to bring mine in today with all the rest of this, you know, political correctness and all that sort of stuff. But the one thing about Harry Stamper is... Uh, for all his faults, he's loyal, and loyal in the full sense of the word, unconditionally sacrificial. He would give his life, indeed he does, give his life to make sure that his daughter and the people that he loves have nothing to fear. And then we get to see that great sacrificial act at the end of that all-time classic movie Armageddon as Harry Stamper pushes AJ back into the into the spaceship. And it leads to that final scene where Harry gets to beam a message from, from the meteor back down to Earth and talk to his daughter Grace to reassure her that there won't be anything to be scared of soon. Harry's going to face the fear. Harry's going to subject himself to the power of the fear. Harry's going to remove the fear. He's going to disarm the fear. In this case, he's going to blow it up with a nuke. Um, so that the ones that he loves can have a future devoid of the controls and the impacts of fear. We dream of being dads, that if it came to it, we would give our lives to make sure there would be nothing to be scared of in the future. Real, real savior type setups. I think most dads have role-played uh, these characters or variants of them from time to time. Um, I think they have, or maybe that's just me. And there's nothing wrong with these ambitions. They're good ambitions. In fact, they're imprints on our souls. They're the very things that we as dads are designed to do and be. We are to cultivate our families uh, with protection, with justice, with security, uh, this, is, this is what loving dads do, and this is what God has actually designed them to do and to be like. But our experience of this reality is sometimes more like that of Marcus Aurelius in the movie Gladiator, as he tries to comfort his son, Commodus. As Commodus pours out his grief in his heart about not being the kind of man his father envisaged, not being worthy to hand over the, um, the empire to, not being a worthy type of emperor. Or Marcus Aurelius at this point in the movie um, laments and confesses to his son that your faults as a son are my failures as a father. And this one line in this movie sums up in broader terms a condition that can make dads and can make husbands abandon, uh, neglect their roles, even abuse and misuse their roles as dads, uh, as husbands from time to time. Uh, public exposure of our shortcomings. We realize this at points of the times of our lives where we realize we 
we deserve to have our actions brought to justice. That we at times create uncertainty and fear in our families and the people we love. And that we haven't sacrificed across all lines for our families. Often the desires and the aspirations of how we thought we'd be a dad, a father, a husband, um, don't match our experience of it, the results of it. And we can be paralyzed by that. We can be even hardened by that. We can be discouraged by that. The, the, the nagging insecurity can, can stifle us from getting about being the dads our families need to be, the dads that God has designed us to be. You know, I did a bit of a Google search about Father's Day. I was looking for some, some inspiration for a message. I think pastors do that from time to time, just hoping that I'd be able to find a bit um, about what I could do for a Father's Day. And as I looked at all the suggestions and, and, and the general theme emerged about how to, how to preach a Father's Day message, and it was this, it was, you know, dads try harder, dads lift your game. Uh, a heap of, of all these things that they need to be and do better. Um, battle plans on how to avoid failure. Very interesting. I couldn't help myself. I thought to myself, I wonder what they tell mums for Mother's Day. So I did a bit of a Google search about that. And mums, it's all about how hard it is to be a mum and how awesome mums are uh, in spite of all their failings and how they deserve a spa and a facial and how they deserve a better husband. And all that is possibly true. And I don't doubt it, so don't send texts and emails. Indeed, mums are awesome and you do uh, deserve spas and facials. And I mean, the, the work that a lot of mums are doing in lockdown, homeschooling and, and work and looking after us and all the rest of it is quite good. But how do we build better fathers who would lift their game, who would protect their families, bring justice to their families, sacrifice across all lines for their families, even though they know at times that they are not the hero they'd like to be. How do we build fathers who are not crushed, overwhelmed, disqualified by their failures when they are revealed, but rather that they are refined, they are, that they're renewed, that when they, when they see their failings, it becomes an opportunity, it becomes an experience of growth, not further dysfunctionality. I thought to myself, surely the Bible uh, will offer up some men of character that I could, I could base a wonderfully inspiring Father's Day sermon on. And there are some incredible heroes uh, within the history of the world that are recorded in the Bible from Adam to Noah to Abraham and Jacob, and that's a messed up family, uh, Moses and David. The list goes on and on and on. We get in the New Testament, we've got dudes like Peter. Can you imagine being... Having dad as your Peter, but uh, having Peter as your dad. <laughs> but for all their achievements, all these men, all these fathers, all these dads are riddled with failures, dogged by disappointments, capable of abuse and neglect. And I can see them all having at multiple points, points in their lives, having these Marcus Aurelius moments being defined by their failings. So we can. So while we can draw a bit of comfort from the fact that these biblical heroes are just as prone to failure as us, that kind of comfort that we get from that is, is more selfish. We seem to say, you know, see, I'm not so bad, or it's anesthetizing to us. You see, you can't expect much more than of that from me. It's not transformative. 
It's not a transformative uh, bit of information. There's no redefining of us. There's no renewing qualities in that. It's just telling us that we belong to a long list of dads who couldn't live up to their own ideals and expectations. Well, fortunately, the Bible is not asking us to be more like the so-called heroes. It's not asking you to be a David and fight you know, those giants in your life, protect the ones you love from, from them. It's not asking you to be like a Daniel or Isaiah and stand up against injustices, not merely anyway. It's not asking you to be a Moses and face your fears, the fears in your life. Rather, what it is doing the continuous narrative of the Bible. It is asking us to encounter. It's asking us, do you know the one who unconditionally loved all of these bozos? The one who picked them up every time they failed. The one who remained uh, faithfully loving toward them and gave them a place of reference um, to do something rather when they failed to do, do the rather difficult things that they faced in their lives. These dads and fathers, these men are, are not in the Bible merely to emulate. They are there in part to show us that how in our failings and in our shortcomings, a God continues to love, continues to jump in, uh, continues to, to step in when the ideal is lacking. And I know that some of us have grown up in homes where the ideal is lacking. And God comes to those fathers and he comes to those uh, that have had a home where the ideal is lacking. And the Bible is quite clear that he is a father to those people in that time. The God we find uh, in the scriptures is not a God who loves those who, who by association make him look good. But rather he is a God who is a refuge and a strength, a place of recovery and renewal for dads who feel like they got it wrong. The best place to see this, or one of the best places to see this, is in the Psalms. And in particular, uh, I, I was looking at Psalm 103. It's a psalm of David. And David is just about the most celebrated, you know, man after God's own hope. But he's about as messed up a person, dysfunctional father as you can find. And he writes this. In fact, uh, you know, read the whole of Psalm 103, but for time today. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, he has removed the transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children... So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. And he remembers that we are dust. David, like so many of the biblical characters, found in God a place of honest soul recovery. A refuge to run to rather than to hide from. A place where failures could be known. Sins could be confessed, but not in a way that crushes them or us, not in a way that shames them or us, but to encounter a love that our sins and our actions just simply don't deserve. You see, that's the story of the Bible all the way through. It keeps telling us that we are far more wicked than we ever dare admit. Some of the stuff that we would never speak, God knows. 
You're not hiding anything from him. But at the same time, what it's telling us is that we are far more loved than we ever dare dream. Often we think of God, when we think of God, we think of God in our own terms. That he has a particular set of skills. That he has acquired over a long period of time. Skills that make him a nightmare for sinners like you and me. A God of wrath that will see him have his vengeance in this life or in the next. But actually God is more like Harry Stamper. Or perhaps I should really say that Harry Stamper is, is Hollywood's uh, unintentional but universal longing for what a father would do uh, for those who have given him nothing but grief over the journey. Our deepest longings and our deepest yearnings often find cheap imitations uh, in the cinema. Rather than execute justice and vengeance on us for our failures, God has sent his son Jesus to show us the measure of his love for us. John, who was an eyewitness of the life of Jesus, John, who was an eyewitness of the life of Jesus, who modeled what it was to be loved by a good father, who demonstrated how a good father would move toward a broken, sinful people. He writes this. This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. There is the power to love. There is the power to be a justice bringer. There is the power to be a protector, to experience the love of God. God does not move towards us as we deserve, but loves us as we don't deserve. In God, we find the kind of father whose actions towards us become the basis uh, for how we see ourselves as dads. Loved. Loved even though. Listen, to the degree that you experience the love of God in Jesus, that is the degree that you will have the resources to be a dad in spite of your limitations. Because God has addressed them in Jesus. In Jesus, all of the justice, uh, all of the vengeance, all of those things that we feel we should uh, be accountable for, that, 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 that stop us, that, 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 that hamstring us, God has placed all of that on Christ. It hasn't just been swept under the carpet. It's been dealt with. Such is His love for us. Why? Because He didn't want to crush us. He wanted us to... To, to know what it was to be loved. And out of that, it's an experience of love that gives you the courage and the basis to address your own uh, injustices, your own lack of conviction, your own misplaced love priorities. It allows you to admit, admit when you got it wrong or acted like a jerk uh, you know, towards your wife with cruel words, lazy actions. It allows you uh, to stoop before your children and say sorry when you, when you got it wrong, when you acted like the five-year-old, when you belittled, when, when, when you weren't the dad or the, or the husband you dreamed you'd be. The question is, this Father's Day, as I said at the top, are you feeling that love? Are you defined by that love? 
The love of a father who has unconditionally loved you so that you can be unconditionally loving to those around you. Let's pray. Hey, loving God, we thank you that you are a father. And that as we read uh, through your word, we see all your characteristics. We hear all your characteristics. And these are the characteristics that you move toward us with. And these are the characteristics that you want to bring to life in dads. Uh, And you have done that. Uh, The means that we have through that is the new life that we find in Jesus. We have no idea what love is, not what real love is. And we have no clue until you reveal it to us in Jesus. And that's where we go to find what it looks like. Not not in the movies, not in ourselves. Uh, Continue to help us to, to rest in that. So we pray for fathers today. Lord, too, I just want to pray uh, for those who have lived in homes where the ideal is lacking, that haven't known what it is to have a good father, that haven't had even an earthly good model to grow up in these spaces. And we know that your word says that when the ideal is lacking, God jumps in. God is a comforter. God is a refuge. God is a father to the broken, to the widow, to the orphan, to to those who find themselves at the mercy of the abuse uh, of power and men who got it wrong. Today, Lord, we pray for those who, who who live in that space as well. And we pray that they too might be comforted uh, by a God who unconditionally loves and restores the broken spaces of our lives. So we just pray these things in Jesus' name. We are so grateful uh, that we can know a loving God, a good Father who moves towards us not to crush us, uh, not to shame us, but to bring us life. And we're thankful for that this Father's Day. And we pray that into all our dads today. We pray these things again in Jesus' name. Amen.